This is where cars come to die and rust away. I'm sitting in a junkyard with total vehicles. Everywhere I look are parts of cars that are totaled. So I'm mean, think about what does the word totaled mean as I look around here. It means beyond repair or not worth repairing. I mean, you would probably agree with that if you took a look around here. Some even say the word total means complete ruined, floored, wasted, smashed, destroyed, totaled. Some would even say this about the word total. When the total cost of repairs to a vehicle exceeds the total appraised value of the vehicle. It's easy to draw that conclusion taking a look at some of these vehicles. This is what it looks like to be totaled. But there's hope in the junkyard. There's hope for you. There's hope for you today. There's hope because of Jesus Christ. You can never be at a spot in your life or a place in your life where you're completely totaled, where Christ does not want to pull you out of the junkyard. I don't know where you're at today, but I, I have an idea where some of you are. You, you showed up today, and this might be the first time you've been in church in a while. Maybe some of you used to follow Christ and, and used to come and Yet some of you are here today and you were invited because people love you and they cared enough to ask you to come. And I just want to say thanks for coming. There's a lot of things you could have done. You could have stayed at home, but you honored a friend's request. You came because someone loves you. And some of you are here because you just knew it was Easter. And it's a time of year to go to church. We're glad that you're here today. My hope is this today, as I communicate today, that you'll walk away knowing that there's a God out there that loves you so very much, that he's willing to reach into the mess of your life and offer you hope. That there's a God out there that sent his son called Jesus Christ many years ago, and he went on this cross like the one behind me, and he gave his life for you and for me, not because we deserved it, And not because we did anything good to receive it, but because he loved us and knew that there would be absolutely no hope for us to ever get out of the junkyard of our lives had he not come. So today is what we would call Resurrection Sunday. It's important for us who love Jesus Christ to know that, yes, Friday occurred and it was very painful for our Savior to go to the cross. He endured all our sins. And yet, while he was buried in the tomb, there came a day, a few days later, where he was resurrected. And it's significant because had Christ not risen from the dead, then our preaching, our faith would be useless. So if you were to go there today where Christ was buried, his tomb is empty. And Jesus is alive and well. And he's here today for you and for me. And he wants to meet you in the junkyard of your life. So I ask you to just set aside any distractions you have and just, just give me a short period of your time and allow what we 
elevate as the word of God and, and to see what Jesus said. And then I, I encourage you to ask yourself some questions at the end of this message. Is that true? Is there hope for me? And then I'm going to ask you to, to do something with that information. And I'm going to ask you to consider to trust in the God of the Bible. There's hope for our, all of us. I don't know where you're at. Maybe last night was the worst night of your life. Maybe this week was the most sinful week of your life. Maybe last night you were viewing pornography on the computer or on your smartphone. Maybe you were involved in gossip on, between a, a text messaging group. Maybe, maybe you, you find yourself today in the very worst condition and you wonder, how did I get here? Like, I never thought that I would be 25 years old, 40 years old, 30 years old, 50 years old, and this is all the further along I've gotten in my life. Maybe today you walked in feeling disappointed about your life. Maybe today you walked in and you're just clinging for anything and you walked in here because you rode by and you said, I'm going to go to that church because you're at the end of your string and maybe even you're, you're here today because you thought, I'm going to just take my life and end it all because there's no hope for me because my life is too much of a mess. Well, I got great news for you. You came to the right place. And we're going to tell you about a God that loves you so much that he can rescue you from wherever you at, pick you up and get you back on your feet and offer you not only hope for today, but hope for eternity. Grab your Bibles. I'm going to show you how Jesus does that. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. And if you need a Bible, you walked in today without a Bible, hold your hand up. This is a gift from Grace Community Church to you. Take it home. This is your gift to you. And turn to Matthew chapter 13. And we're going to read verses 44 to 46. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 to 46. It's the first book of the New Testament, so open your Bibles up to the middle. And the first book you'll see there in the middle of the New Testament is Matthew. Turn to the 13th chapter, and we're going to read verses 44 through 46. When you find that, stand with me and we'll read it together. Matthew 13, verses 44 to 46. Let's read this out loud together. Matthew 13, 44 to 46. Ready? Read. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. Let's read it again. Verse 44. Ready? Read. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. You may have a seat. Once you find, Jesus says, this treasure, once you find it, you will never be the same again. He says in this parable, the story that Jesus is telling, he's telling us that there was this man that was walking out through this field. And as he's walking out through this field, he comes and stumbles across this treasure in the midst of this field. And he stumbles across and he probably went down and he dug it up and he took a look at it and he realized it was so very valuable. Now imagine, 
walking through a junkyard, stumbling across, thinking, I'm just going to find junk here. And all of a sudden, you find something in the junkyard that's so very valuable that not only did he find it, it says he dug a hole, he hid it again so no one else would find it, and he went home, sold everything. Grabbed his wife and said, give me the checkbook. Hey, we're going to cash in everything. Hey, let's sell the house, let's sell the cars, let's sell the dishes, let's sell the antiques, let's sell all the precious moments, everything. Let's go in the garage, I'm selling the tools, I'm selling the Harley, I'm selling everything. Because I found something so very valuable that it's worth going and buying that field. Because when we buy that field, we're not just wanting the field, but we want that treasure. And I hid it there, and I don't want anyone else to get it until I get it first. Because I am willing to give everything for this treasure. Now, that's some treasure, isn't it? That you would sell everything. Everything that's of value to you. The same for the merchant. He was out diving for pearls, and, and as he's looking for pearls, he finds one. It's like, wow, this is like better than any of the pearls. So he sells all the other pearls he had. He sells his ship. He sells all his equipment. He sells his anchors. He sells everything he has. He goes back, and he purchases this one pearl because this one pearl is so very valuable that he sells the farm to have it. Now, how often in life have you found something that valuable that you would give up everything that you've earned and worked hard? Maybe your retirement income that you've watched incrementally it build. And you say, oh, I don't need that. I just need this in the midst of this field, in the midst of these other pearls. Jesus says, when you find that, sell it all because there's nothing that is as valuable as that, that treasure. And that treasure is Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is saying, as he's telling this story, hey, there's this very valuable treasure. And when you find it, you find this eternal life, the kingdom of heaven, when you find the way to me, listen, listen, you better do something with it today because you'll never come across something as valuable as this. Once you find it, you're never the same again. See, Jesus knew this as he was telling this story too, that Often during this time, Jesus' time, when you had something very valuable that you owned, you would often go to your backyard because you didn't have a, a, a bank to put it in. You didn't have a safe to put it in. And so you would grab your kids and make sure no one was watching. And you would dig a hole and you would put your valuable coins. You would put your valuable antiques. You would put your valuable possessions and you would bury them in the ground. And often what would happen during this time, there were different wars and conflicts and struggles. And so these two opposing sides would come together and they would battle, sometimes in your yard. And while the war was taking place, it would push you away from your home and away from your land. And so you couldn't go back and get your treasure because maybe the, the opposing battle team that you were fighting against, they won the battle and now they own the land. And so you were pushed away. And so what happened very often is these new people would come in who secured the land. They were part of the winning battle, the, the soldiers. They would move into the homes, and often they would start tinkering around the yards, and it says this one came stumbling across like, whoa! And it was so very valuable that he was willing to go and sell everything he had and say, I just want this one piece of property. The traveler made short-term sacrifice to gain a long-term reward. He sold the farm to get this gift. 
The merchant did the same. You see, the gift of eternal life is priceless. Let me ask you a question. If you knew today, you said, Pastor Jim, I want eternal life. If you knew you could purchase and secure eternal life, what would you give for that? Jesus is saying there's nothing that's as valuable as eternal life. This is so very valuable that once you hear about it, listen, you might have walked into Grace Community Church today and you stumbled across something really good and his name's Jesus Christ. And this truth is so priceless, Christ is saying his word, don't leave this room without him because it'll resurrect your marriage. It'll resurrect your life. It'll resurrect your future. And you will go to bed at night, and if you breathe your last breath, and you wake up in the morning, you are guaranteed, if you have Christ, that you'll meet him face to face on the other side in heaven. Bank on it. That's what Jesus is saying here today. So Jesus is saying, I want you to hear this. It's worth giving up everything. But here's the deal. Like, I could tell that until I could literally pass out on stage. And I would do it for Jesus, just so you could hear this truth. It's impossible to know how valuable this gift is until you find it. It just is. Like, like I wish, I wish I could. I like, right now, I wish the Spirit of God would show me who, who in this room and in the link don't know Christ. Like, I wish I could go, like, right to you and just open you up and say, here, here, here's God. Like, it's so good. I wish, I wish I could do it for you. Because life without Christ is hopeless. But life with Christ gives me incredible hope. And you don't know it until you have him as your Lord and Savior. I mean, have you ever had something that you've, like, Maybe you waited 20 years and maybe 30 years later and you finally purchase this thing and you think, why did I wait so long to not have this thing? Like, why did I wait 30 years? Like, my life was miserable without this for 30 years. Why did I wait 10 years to, to secure this thing? Jesus is saying, don't wait any longer because once you find this eternal gift, this treasure, it is priceless. You know, for me personally, like, the gift of Christ, of eternal life in Jesus Christ, like, it's priceless. Like, for me to have Christ, that the God of the universe by my side, empowering me, and empowering you, those of you who know Christ, it's an incredible gift that nothing compares to. And the Bible says this, that this gift is so incredible that it impacts every area of our lives. The Bible tells us that he can take the messes of our lives and make something beautiful with them. Here's what happens when you take this treasure that's so very valuable in Jesus Christ. Here's some of the things that happen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says, when we have Jesus by our side, he promises to work all things up for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. Once this man found this, nothing else mattered to him because he had eternal life. For me and for you that know Jesus, this gift of Christ that that, that was shed on the, the cross, when we find him, when we surrender to him, that everything we do, every portion of our lives, everything that we touch, God is working it out for good. Listen, you don't get that if you don't know Christ. But when you know Christ, when you face hardship, when you face difficulty, you know like 
God's teaching me something. Lord, I know you're doing something here, God. I'm going to trust in you, and I know that you're working out this puzzle in my life for something good, even though I don't understand it. Even though it's hard right now, I am guaranteed and I am promised that you're working it out for good, but you don't have that without Jesus. See, here's the biggest problem in our world today, and even in this group today, right here in front of me in the main and in the link. Here's the problem with this information. The biggest problem lies in the fact that many don't realize the true condition of their lives. You see, there's some of you that, that understand what it means to be totaled. Some of you are like, my life is such a wreck right now. Like, there, there's nothing I'm going to be able to do with my life. Just, just take me to the crusher. Just, just smash me up. Like, I've made such a mess of my life, and I've promised people, and I didn't follow through. I made commitments, and I didn't follow through. I'm a hit-and-miss kind of person. I am selfish, and I, I, I have an addiction. I, have, I've, I got 10 X's, and I got this past that's past that's horrible. Why would God ever want to take my life that's completely total and make it into something beautiful? Because that's what God does. And so for some of you, you think you're so messed up, just send me to the crusher. You think you're too broken to be fixed. But Paul said this. I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You know, if you're not familiar with Scripture, just listen to this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Hold your finger in Matthew. Here's what Paul said about our old selves and our new selves. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and, and look at verse 17. We'll begin at 16, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 16. Paul says this about the old and the new. He says, so from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, has this treasure that Jesus is talking about, has him as their Lord and Savior, the new creation has come, the old has what? Gone. The new is here. And then he says this, all this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He makes us a new creation. He can take this total life that we think is just pieced out, just parted out. Like there's a bumper. That's all I'm good for. That'll work on someone's vehicle. Maybe he won't even work on that. Just make it metal and give me money for it. God is saying, I can take the mess of your life that is old and I can make it new. And he can do that. Like, right now. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You don't have to wait till you get cleaned up. He doesn't need you to be cleaned up. He meets you in the mess, in the junkyard of a total mess life, and he can resurrect it and make it new. So that's where some of you are today. Then there's those also that think they're better off than they really are. You would be what most would call a self-made man and a self-made woman. Like you've done all the right things. You've invested your money and you've got a plan and you've got an IRA, which are great things to do by, but you're relying on this plan. This plan's going to come together. I'm going to retire and I'm, and I'm going to be a good person and I'm going to do a lot of good in our world and I'm going to do a lot of things to help people and, and, and my marriage is good. My, I'm setting my kids up to win. I, I have everything I need in place. I have good health. What happens when your health goes south? What happens when, when your child has this disease that comes out of nowhere? What happens when, when your, your banking and, and your investments tank? Those things are temporary. But some of you are banking on yourself. 
You're thinking, I got it together. I'm disciplined. I'm, I'm physically fit. And all these things, that's you. You're saying, I'm okay, Jim. Go talk to those people that are in the junkyard. I don't even, I've never even been to a junkyard. My beamer's in the driveway. And Jesus is saying, you need this treasure too. Because you can't save yourself. And that's why he said in Matthew chapter 7, in verse 22, Jesus gave this reminder to those that thinking that they're going to get in, that somehow you already have earned and made this treasure. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 22 said, Jesus says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, we, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not go to Grace Community Church? Did we not give to Grace for Iraq? Did we not blitz the community? Didn't we bring a egg, basket of eggs for, to the, for the outreach at one o'clock? Did we not drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Like, didn't we do all the right stuff? Didn't we come to church? Didn't we tithe? Didn't we sing? Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we give to needy people? Don't we have four kids with Compassion International? Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we? Didn't we do all the things that good people should be doing? And Jesus is going to say this in verse 23, then I will tell you, if you're banking on good deeds, Plainly, it says, I never knew you. See, some of you are banking on your good deeds because you're self-made. I was reminded of that just yesterday, and I, it, it's still it's tearing me up. Man, I just woke up this morning thinking about it. Like, I could have done more. I should have done more. Like, I had this neighbor that lived right down the road from us, and when I'm home on Mondays, He's always running. Like, he's, he's in his 70s, and he was in his 70s, and you would see him. He'd had his running shorts on, and he'd be out running. He ran. Like, he had this consecutive streak. I would stop and talk to him whenever I was mowing grass or out there, and I'd say, hey, how's your day going? Hey, and he'd say, like, it's been like 350 straight days that I've run. And you'd see him, you know, he'd be, he'd be waddling along, making along. He was concerned about his health, and you'd see him run. He was a local businessman that was very successful, had multimillionaire, Man, and I would see him, and he, was, he had so many good disciplines in his life, and he would run, and had a nice home, and he was kind to people, and he was, he was a good person, and, and I, would, I would engage him in conversation. Sometimes I would see him, and I'd run alongside him and try to talk to him, and, and, and then I just heard that he died this winter. I didn't even know it. I was just broken, just broken, just, and I wondered, like, where'd he end up? So what he made all that money? So what he did all these good things? Like, like so what he was able to still run this many consecutive days into the 70s? But there comes a time when our days are numbered and we die. And if we haven't found the treasure in Jesus Christ, we end up in hell. And that bothered me. It bothered me deeply. And some of you are feeling that way right now. You got someone right beside you that you, you're hoping beyond hope that they hear it for the first time today. And, you're, and you've been praying for them. And, and so you invited them and they're here. And, you're, and right now you're saying, oh, please, God, help them to see truth. Because I want them to have this treasure that when I found it, I said, that's it. That's what I need. And you want that so badly for a mother, for a father, for a husband and wife. A child, and, and you're in this room, please hear me today. Jesus is the answer. He is worth it. And he can resurrect your life. You can never do anything, anything to earn this treasure on your own.
then there's those in this group today that think they can earn their way out of the junkyard. You ultimately think you're in complete control and destiny of your life. That you can do enough good to earn your way to God in heaven. Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it is by grace through faith that you're saved, not by works, because we would boast about it. Like, why would God create a world that somehow we had control over our salvation? And that we were the ones who had to earn it. Like, why would God put a system into place where we had to be good enough, where we had to do more, that somehow we could not only do more, that somehow we, we, we would lose it? When God is sovereign, when it says that no one can remove him from the grip of his hand once he grabs a hold of us. And so for some of you, it's like you've never trusted in the free gift of Jesus Christ. You're trying to earn your way. Earn, 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 earn. And you're going to be standing before Jesus one day, and he's going to say to you, depart from me, I never knew you. Why would God send his son to the cross if we didn't need the work of the cross? Like, why would Jesus go to the cross if we could earn our salvation? I mean, seriously, think about that. Like, what was the purpose of that if we're the ones that can earn our salvation. Like, why waste the work on the cross? Seriously, why? Give me the answer. Why, why would Jesus go to the cross and, and earn it and work it for us and, and die for it? Why, why would he go and then say, oh, we didn't need that work on the cross. Go ahead and earn it yourself. And not only earn it yourself, but keep it. Keep it. Keep earning it. Like, that doesn't even compute in my mind. So that's why Jesus came. This treasure is free, and it brings life-changing benefits. So here's, here, here's the deal. You want to know the deal? You and I are sinful people. We're born with sin that's been, we would say, transmuted and emitted down from Adam to us. And when we're conceived, we have this old sin nature. So we're, even these precious little babies that are born have a sin nature that came from Adam. And so we're born with sin. And sin separates us from God. Sin doesn't allow us to get to God. Like, for the wages of sin is death, but we also fall short of of God because of our sin. The Bible tells us that for we all have sinned and fall short. So if we're trying to get to this treasure, we're trying to get to God, we can get really close, but we keep falling short. It's like jumping across a cliff and like almost there, almost there. You will almost there the rest of your life because of your sin and my sin. So there must be a remedy. Because of our sin. Sin, the cost of sin is death. So every one of us have sin. And we commit it regularly. And the only way we can get to God, someone has to close the gap. That's the cross. Jesus stepped in. He took your sin, my sin, and all the sin we've ever committed. Because it had to be a perfect sacrifice. There couldn't have been anything but a perfect God. Because a person that had sin couldn't die and replace sinful people. It had to be a sacrifice that was unblemished without sin. And so what happens is Jesus steps in between us and God. Because we can't get to God. We keep falling short. That's why he went to the cross. But it didn't stop there. If he just stayed on the cross and died, then we all would be hopeless. But because we have Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, he overcame death. And because he overcame death, 
It was a knockout blow to Satan. And now we have a God that's alive and well, but we can't get to him unless we let the work of the cross take care of our sin. And so that's exactly what happens. Jesus went in, he closes the gap, he takes our sin and creates this bridge to God. That's why Jesus said these words in John. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man gets to the Father. You can't earn. You can't walk around him. You'll keep coming up short. No one gets to the Father except through me and the work of the cross. Listen, you can't get to God through Muhammad. You can't get to God through Buddha. You can only get to God through Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus said those words. So Jesus is saying, this guy was out one day, he was walking through the junkyard, and he stumbled across like, whoo. And it said it was so good. Like, there's eternal hope. And it says he went back and he sold the farm, and he bought the land, because he had never seen treasure like this before in his life. And it would radically change his life. You see, this treasure is free, and it brings life-changing benefits. He will never leave us nor forsake us, the Bible says. And so when you're hurting and you wonder if you can go on, maybe you've just recently been let down by a friend or, or husband or wife. Maybe you cried yourself to bed last night. Maybe you're a single mom and you don't know how in the world you're going to make it with this baby and no husband. You wonder, how am I going to make it? I'll tell you how you're going to make it. Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you, and he'll work it all out for good. Bank on it. That's how. But you'll never do it without Jesus. Maybe you're all alone right now and you've contemplated suicide and you think, my life is so totaled, I'm just so messed up. Like, what's the point? The point is this. There's a waiting treasure for you and he's called Jesus Christ and he can lift you out of that deep, dark hole you're in and he can set you on your feet and he can gently carry you and your burdens and everything that you're carrying, you can put it on his back and you can be healed because by his stripes you have been healed. This treasure brings all kind of life-changing benefits. Jesus said, you never have to worry again. Wouldn't you like to be able to just kind of get rid of that one? Like, no more anxiety? No more worry? Like, who wants to carry that around? Jesus said, hey, if you come to me, listen, give it to me. My back's strong enough for yours and everybody else's. Drop it at the feet of the cross. That's why I'm here. Some of you worry until no end. You wonder how you're going to make it financially. You've lost your job. You're in a relationship that you, there's tension, and you wonder how you're going to make it. You've got a sickness. A doctor gave you a report, and this report isn't good, and you wonder, how am I going to make it? How am I going to make it? Listen, you don't need to worry about that. Jesus loves you more than you realize, and he has a perfect plan for your life, and whatever he determines and he decides, it is good. Then you have a God that this eternal gift is precious. He never keeps record of your sins. Jeremiah 31, 34 says, doesn't keep a record of your sin. Can you imagine having a friend who doesn't bring up your past? Can you imagine having an ex who doesn't remind you of all your failures? Can you imagine having a brother or sister, a mother or father, or a husband or wife who doesn't keep going back to that area where you failed them and again and again? Yeah, but remember, I can't trust you because you did that. I can't trust you because, can you imagine having a friend that says, you know what? Not only do I forgive you, listen, I choose not to remember that no more. We're not looking back. We're moving forward. That's what Jesus can do for you. Can you see why 
Like, all of a sudden, it makes sense. If I would have found that treasure out there in the field, I would have went and sold everything too because I can't find any of those kind of benefits anywhere else. You will always be loved. Doesn't every person in here want to be loved? Like, for those of you who are single, isn't it nice to know that there's a God that loves you, who understands your pain and your grief, who knows that you long to be in relationship with someone of the opposite sex and maybe even marry them one day. For those of you who are longing to be married and you're wondering, isn't it, isn't it comforting to know there's a God that fills your pain and loves you more than that person could ever love you or will ever love you and can walk by your side? Isn't it comforting to know that he sees you where you're at and he wants you to get where you need to go more than you want to get there? Like, that's comforting, and only God can do that. Isn't it comforting to know that Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, that on the other side is a promise that any pain that comes your way that, that will be too much for you is not too much for Jesus? Isn't it comforting to know that, that he promises to provide for your every need? In Philippians 4.19, it says, God will supply all your needs. The promise is that you will never be hung out to dry without, with, with Jesus by your side. And right now, you might be wondering, boy, it doesn't feel that way. Listen, I'm saying hold on because Jesus has got an amazing plan working out for your life right now. You just need to hold on and trust him because he will never leave you nor forsake you. And he's going to supply all your needs. And there is a plan down the road that's going to blow your mind because Jesus thought about it from the foundation of the world. See, that's hope. That's, that's how you get hope from the junkyard. Like, you're not going to get that at your workplace this week. You're not going to get that from, 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 from Lake City Bank. You're not going to get that in that cool vehicle. You're not going to get that going 2.9 seconds in a quarter of a mile. You're not going to get that there. You're going to find hope in Jesus Christ, and it's security. It's the kind of hope that you should cling to because it will never leave you nor forsake you. See, the cross is our anchor of hope is what Jesus is saying in this parable. Yet some of you are so riddled with guilt, and you think, I've done too much, I'm too horrible, I'm too bad, I've gone too far, like, and you think you can't go on. Some of you are here today at the end of your rope. Some of you have heard this story about Jesus before, and you're saying, I don't need Jesus, I don't need Jesus. Come on, Jim, I got to get, I got, like, can you move on? I got ham coming, I got a ham dinner. And they made pickled eggs, mom made pickled eggs. Enough of this, all right? Like, do you want ham and pickle eggs or you want Jesus? This is why I lost sleep last night because I know in this moment right here, like right now, there is such a battle raging in the heavenlies. Like right now, it tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, it says, the God of this age has blinded the eyes of unbelievers so they cannot see the truth. Let me tell you the truth. Jesus loves you. Jesus went to the cross and died for you. Jesus was resurrected on the third day for you. And if you trust in Jesus, he will carry all your pain and all your shame and all your guilt, and he will save you from an eternity in hell. And you will have Jesus not only on this side of heaven, but on the other side, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. You can't get that anywhere else. Jesus said in John 16, in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Don't be crushed by despair. I have overcome the world. 
Paul gives us a good reminder why, why Easter is so important. Look, look at 1 Corinthians a second with me and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is a reminder why Easter is so important. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, look at verse 12. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 12. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15, 12. He says, but if it's preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there's no resurrection of the dead? If there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, Jim Brown's preaching and everyone else's preaching is useless and so is your faith. And then he says this in verse 18. Then those also who have fallen asleep or died in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But listen to me. Christ did resurrect himself from the grave. You go to his tomb, it's empty. How do we know that? Because the Bible records after he rose from the grave, he spoke to people. He showed them the marks in his hands. Historical church fathers will tell you that there was a man called Jesus that, that was crucified, was thrown in a tomb, and he appeared to many. Not only is in the Bible, there's historical evidence. And if Christ rose from the dead, then we have hope from the junkyard of our lives. This treasure is available to all that come. This is what Jesus is telling us today. This hope will change your life. You can't do anything to earn it. It's completely free. We have all sinned and fall short of God. The wages of sin is death for us. But the gift of God is eternal life. But God demonstrated his love for us while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you understand the gravity of that verse? But God demonstrated his love for us. He sent Jesus to the cross while you and I were still sinners. Not cleaned up. Like, like listen to me. You don't need, like, to learn more about Jesus. You, you don't, like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm only going to steal four times this year instead of six you don't need to get cleaned up. You don't need to get better and keep getting better till you finally come to Jesus. Some of you just have this theology that says, well, I'm not ready. Like, I'm not, I don't have it all together. Jesus wouldn't take me in this condition because it's pretty wretched. Let me, get, let me come to church a couple of times. Listen, today is the day of salvation. Jesus wants to meet you in the armpit of sin and he can save your soul. Jesus tells us through his, the word of God and Romans, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that he rose from the dead, we will be saved. Please listen to me right now. Like, th- this is so life and death. I, the gravity of what I'm about to say, just it's why I slept an hour last night. Because I knew there'd be people walking into these rooms that, like in this moment right now, right now, like, this moment is so important. And so, God, I ask that you will somehow just move the distraction. It's, it's life and death right now for you. If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ alone, your future is hell. Listen, that's truth. Don't believe anything else. That's the word of God. 
If you haven't trusted in Jesus Christ alone, your eternity will be spent in hell. And hell is a real literal place. Don't believe the lies that it's a place where you go and you have a party with your friends. It is weeping and gnashing of teeth and eternal fire forever and ever and ever. This is the truth though. You don't need to go there because Christ offers this treasure and you came into Grace Community Day and you stumbled across something that's worth selling your farm for because Jesus Christ can resurrect your condition and set you on new ground and offer you eternal hope. But this transaction requires personal surrender of everything. From the ashes of your life, God makes beautiful things. So you have a decision to make. And there are people right around you that love you, that brought you here today. Maybe you walked in, maybe you're a friend. And, and, and if they could, they want, you to, they want to pound you upside the head and say, please, 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 please listen right now intently. Please listen. Because once you find Jesus, you have no idea how good it is to have him as a personal savior. Am I correct about that? You have no idea. And right now, it's life and death right now. And there's these fears like, oh no, if I, if I get saved, then I gotta quit this and I gotta quit that and I can't do this and I can't do that and I gotta, get, I gotta lose them and I gotta lose that and I gotta give that up and I gotta give that and quit thinking about what you gotta give up and what you got to gain. Eternal life. And God's gonna walk you through all those things that have, you've been struggling with. And it might not be automatic, and you might drop all those things, but listen, if you continue to lean on, he's gonna work you through that. And there's gonna be a day that's gonna be better than it is right now because you got Jesus by your side. I'm gonna ask you to do something. Just please just bow your heads. And, and please don't leave. Like The ham will still be there and the pickled eggs will still be there. Please listen to me right now. Please, I beg you. If you don't have a moment in your life where you drove a stake in the ground and you trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior alone, if right now your heart is pounding out of your chest and there's doubt in your mind about eternity and whether Christ is your Lord and Savior, please listen to me. Jesus is the remedy. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the treasure that's so valuable that it's worth surrendering everything for to have him. And so God, right now, I I beg you, God, I beg. Just like I did earlier, God, I beg you, please, Holy Spirit, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, please, don't let anyone leave these rooms without trusting in you. Please, Lord, I get here, been here hundreds of times with people, and I'm looking at some of the same people who, who, are, who are holding out. Please, God, please save them today. Please, God, don't let them leave. Please, God, please, please, Holy Spirit, please, please, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, I beg you, please, on behalf of people that, that are here today who don't know you, I 
beg you, God, save their souls. Save them, God, please. I beg you, God, to, to, to guard their minds right now from the enemy who's, who's asking them to believe lies, who's saying, you can wait. I pray, God, that you would shut those voices off and let them hear this truth, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that no man can get to the Father except through him. Please, God, let them hear that. Only please, please, God, please, please, please. And so I ask you today, this is life and death. This isn't something that you want to toil around with any longer. Jesus went to the cross for you and your sins. He shed his blood. He carried the burden and the weight of your sin. Please, don't waste the cross. Don't waste it. Don't, don't go another day. Please, don't go another day. He took it to the cross and he died for it. A brutal death. And he resurrected himself from the grave so that he could overcome death and stick it to the enemy. So this is your chance today to be like that man that was walking out across the field and found this treasure that was so good. And the merchant who found this pearl that was so very valuable that they sold everything for it. The good news today is you don't need to buy this, but you need to surrender all. And just say, Jim, I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ. And I don't understand everything, and you don't need to. But trust me on this. When you surrender to Jesus, it'll be the best decision you've ever made in your life. So please, God, please, just move in hearts right now. Like, I ask that spirit that you would pound the hearts of people who need you. I pray that they begin to sweat right now. I pray that their heart would race and pound out of their chest and pray that that they would surrender to you right now right now not wait another moment so if that's you and like you're sitting sitting here in the, the main and link and and you're saying jim this treasure i've never i never realized how valuable it was and i've made a mess of my life i need hope i need the kind of hope that you're talking about and I realize that Jesus is that hope. Maybe for some of you, it's, I pretended to be a Christian. I say I'm a follower of Christ. I don't even go to church. I say I'm a follower of Christ and there's no fruit hanging from the tree. And you're going to be that person. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. But today could be the day of salvation. If you want to trust in Jesus and you're saying, okay, today's the day. And I want you to do what the Bible says, to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe that he was raised from the dead. And we do that through prayer. That's the confession. That's something that's already happened in our heart. Confess means to speak back what you already know. And you know that you need Jesus. So in the quietness of your heart, would you just pray this with me? Confess in your mouth. Dear God, Here I am. 
I need you. I'm a mess without you. I am lost, headed to hell without you. My sin keeps me short of you. Forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin. Save my soul. And be the Lord and leader of my life. By faith, I trust in you alone. See, here's what I know to be true. If you prayed and confessed that, it wasn't the prayer that saved you. It was the confession of your heart and your faith. It means that you are radically saved. You now possess the treasure that every man is longing for. I believe it's important in these kind of times. Would you stand with your eyes closed with me, please, in the link, in the main? As we continue to pray, Lord, I ask in this moment that you would continue to move in hearts. But I'm going to ask you to do something. If you just trusted in Christ, we had tons of people in the first service. And you said, today's the day, Jim. I'm, this treasure, I'm not eluding this treasure anymore. I found it. It's Jesus. I'm surrendering to him and trusting in the work of the cross. That Jesus is my savior. Would you do something for me in the main the link? Just, just hold your hand up. Don't be afraid. Just, just hold it up. This is the best sin you ever made. Just, just hold it up high. Right up, loud and proud. Like, here I am, Jesus. Lord, all over this room, all over this room are people who are trusting in you. Like, this is the best day ever. God, this is what you created me to do, to share the good news. And God, I rejoice. Maybe I'll sleep better tonight. I pray, God, that you would embolden their fresh faith. I pray that you would put godly people in their path. I pray that the aroma of Christ that now lives in them would touch their friends and neighbors and moms and dads and brothers and sisters and husbands and wives. I pray that you would send your strongest angels to come alongside and protect and guard the way, this fresh faith. And I pray, God, that today they would experience joy like never, ever before. Then this would be the best Easter ever. Thank you, God, that the work of the cross wasn't wasted at Grace Community today. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen.